welcome everybody. This is Futuristic Cosplay, uh, also known as Kelsey or Cal, depending on what you know me by. And I am hosting the Man of Steel 10-year anniversary celebration podcast episode for Cosplay Alliance slash Beneath the Cowl. I have several guests with me. Uh, several others will be joining a little bit later. But for right now, let's go around the circle with our two current guests. Go ahead, Morgan. Um, hi, I'm Morgan. Um, I go by Morgan. I cosplay on my socials. Uh, I'm currently in the New Orleans area, and um, I have been cosplaying. I jumped in full time and started a social media account about three years ago, and I mainly cosplay Marvel and DC characters. So. Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies. I love Zack Snyder, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Very welcome. Hey, I'm uh, FMJ Batman. You can just call me Batman. Uh, I'm based here in Edmonton, Alberta, uh, with some of uh, some mutual friends that uh, Kels knows, uh, like EA Superman, who couldn't be here with us tonight. Uh, but we're here up in Canada, representing uh, DC. Uh, I mostly do Batman but I also do occasionally do Daredevil from time to time as well. So, and uh, with Man of Steel being kind of like the gateway, which I'll elaborate on for me getting into cosplay, this is a pretty awesome event to be a part of. So thanks for having me as well. Very welcome. So let's see. Why don't we start with, we kind of introduce ourselves as where we are online, what we do, what our preferences are, but why don't we say kind of what kind of a creative are you? Are you specifically just a cosplayer? Are you a foam smith? Are you a prop maker? Are you beyond cosplay also doing other things? For myself, I am purely a cosplayer. I am unfortunately not talented enough to be in the uh, crafting prop making sphere. I commission people for that, but um, I do uh, gender bent. Clark, so I do Superwoman for a lot of charity events. I have the original Man of Steel suit, which you can see on my page, Futuristic Cosplay. Um, so I'm purely a cosplayer in the name of this particular uh, podcast episode. But how about you guys, Morgan? Well, um, I would say my main passion is uh, working with foam. Um, I kind of just fell into it. Um, I love making armored looks and everything. So um, the Kryptonian armor and everything really was something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and I felt foam was the perfect medium to do that. It's lightweight. I feel like you can do a lot of cool stuff with it. Um, so I don't know if I would consider myself a, a foam smith yet because there's a lot of really insanely talented people that make the craziest stuff out of foam. Um, but definitely something to shoot for. Um, like I said, I mainly stick to, I find Marvel and DC. Um, I do love a bunch of other fandoms as well. Um, but for some reason I keep getting drawn to, um, especially superhero characters um, from those, you know, comic book series. Um, I would say my main passion is I, I want to be able to help people feel like everyone can cosplay. So regardless of your body type, that was something that I've always struggled with. Um, and I really wanted to cosplay earlier than I did, but that was something that I was grappling with. So I'm really grateful that 
Um, I've joined the community and I've met really amazing people such as yourselves. Um, so yeah, right now um, I'm just trying to learn as much as possible. I love to make my own costumes. I, I get a lot of joy from that. Um, but I also, you know, love to get, you know, just lycra suits, custom stuff. Um, yeah, that's, those are my main areas, I would say. We will come back to a certain topically relevant costume that Morgan has done in a little bit, but why don't we move on to bats? Uh, so for me, I'm much like Kels. I'm someone who commissions cosplays as well. I've done a little bit of foam making here and there, but it's uh, by my own uh, kind of lack of willingness to commit more time to it. I haven't been able to delve deep, uh, which that one costume that... Uh, um, organized for referring to oh my god it's amazing just for <laughs> lack of better but that's like kind of like the skill level I would aspire to for myself but for me a big thing is I like commissioning and I love the doing detailing and modification of suits especially because the things that prop makers make is is a one-size-fits-all so getting that process of making it fit kind of like how, how Michael Wilkinson would make it fit on an actor finding that symmetry that's a big thing for me so I try to replicate that with bo like both this Ben Affleck suit or my Michael Keaton suit or any of the suits that I uh, like to do. And then uh, besides that, as a creative wise, uh, I also am uh, starting to work more regularly as a stunt uh, actor or stunt double uh, here in, up in Edmonton. Not as much work these days with the writer's strike, which we all pray gets uh, sorted soon. But I mean, it's a fun time getting to do some indie movies, getting to do some of my own videos that I've posted on my social media it's been a fun time but yeah i like to try and incorporate every little aspect of my life into cosplay and if i can dress up for it why not i saw your recent uh bat stunt video so what was the training like over the years to get you to this point of being able to put out something like that so like one of the nice things uh with like the, the bat stunt video is kind of a culmination of you know, me being five years old, trying to replicate what I saw on TV and in the movies. And then just analyzing things like the warehouse uh, fight scene in BVS and then just kind of showing that to the guys that I train under. The guys that train me and the, that I am like part of the team of now, they worked on The Last of Us. Um, and so that like, it's a big opportunity, like they're legitimate stunt folk. And like the work we've gotten to do has set us up to be able to kind of do stuff for ourselves for fun. One thing though that I was not prepared for was how much costuming and cosplay um, is intricate, especially in movies. I almost choked myself out being onto the wire with a cape on. I almost asphyxiated myself at the top of the wire, which was a fun time, but uh, it's kind of, yeah, uh, training wise, I started doing martial arts when I was younger and I got back into it in the past couple of years. So it's kind of where it's been at and just learning more, doing more as I've been training with those folks over there. All right. That is legitimately awesome. I do not personally know any stunt people, even here in LA where I'm based, but I respect the work they do to an insane degree. They, they deserve an Oscar category. They deserve everything. It is just the work they do is insane. Richard's is troll. He's a Batflex uh, stunt double. He's a huge influence on me for this stuff. So I agree with you there. 
I got to meet him at uh, the original SnyderCon back in 2019. He is an incredible human being. He is That's so um, cool. Stories he has just absolutely incredible. Living the dream. I, mean, I almost been involved with Man of Steel just as a as a background stunt member, just so he could tell us stories from that movie too. Oh yeah, I forgot. He, he plays a Kryptonian. Was he one of the background Kryptonians? Did he stand in for one of those? Yeah, I thought he was. He, I, he had a bit of dialogue. I thought I'd have to rewatch it just to double check, but I remember seeing his face a couple of times. So. I remember. Uh, was it Christina Wren has pretty much been in the entire trilogy as yeah. uh, specifically stunt specific characters like yeah. Amazon Kryptonian, etc. Mm -hmm. That like I, I wish I wish kind of that had been his arc. He just been doing all these background stunt characters and just had all these hilarious stories from the casts. That would have been. I, I, I wish he had like this uh, podcast episode or something like that that he could just like regale all of his industry knowledge and all of his stories from all the years that he's worked. I mean, the guy has been yeah. working decades. He oh, has been yeah. here a long time and he's still working. So I would almost argue that they should have those types of workers as guests at cons I, oh yeah. i 100 agree yeah. that would be really really cool kind of you know to vary you know the different range of um guests that they have at these things i think that would be really really cool especially for people that are interested in getting into that type of work as it relates to um any kind of you know comic movies any kind of um anything that would require that, that kind of action I legitimately don't think I have ever seen stunt guests at a con. I don't think that's ever happened before. And that's really depressing because they're responsible for the coolest shots in all these movies that we love, including mm -hmm. Man of Steel. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, yeah, that really needs to be rectified. Yeah. Great point. Well, I'd love to hear, like, Alberto. He was the one who doubled for Henry for BVS and... Uh... Uh, just uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League or Justice League in general. Um, I'd love to hear his stories of, you know, like what it's like being on a wire, getting to like having to simulate Henry's look and all that. Like he's Henry's a beefcake. So like imagine having to replicate that too, as well as being able to do your own stunts. And I mean, for all the folks in the that industry, you know, like you said, they make all these awesome shots and I bet they have stories, of, not just of the actors and, but of like the process of how, how do you make something look cool? Yeah, it's cool to walk around and have that hero shot, but how do you make like a cumbersome like like Kryptonian suit example? How do you make that look cool in in, in the shot? Which is for us as cosplayers, we're always thinking like, how do we make our suits look, look more comfortable? And how do we make it look more like move better and we could pose better in it too? So like hearing from them would be awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that I haven't seen. I think I've seen maybe two maybe two or three uh zods in my time since 2013 just because of the sheer scale of that suit has prevented most people from doing it and the fact that michael shannon was not wearing a practical costume on set he was literally wearing mocap pajamas and that was it and they made right. that entire suit look practical which blows yeah i'm still trying to find the zod <laughs> PR. I'm waiting for someone to just do it. And then I'm like, hmm, should I do it? 
and make it for someone else. I don't know. Has anyone like contacted you or have you seen anyone who's built it or attempted to build it? When I've looked at, um, you know, Instagram kind of looking through different hashtags and things like that. The only Zod cosplays that I've seen are like comic look. Oh um, yeah. Or like yeah. from the um the square Z and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. kind of more uh you know like suit. I, I haven't seen anyone specifically do number one um his armor when they're on Earth. Um the armor from the beginning of the movie, um, I know someone that is making it. Um, wow. So I'm excited for him to finish that. Wow. Yeah. So that, but honestly, other than that, I really haven't. I feel like maybe on Google every once in a while, I'm like, I feel like I saw someone at a con do it, but. I mean, I don't know where that was or who that was. I, I couldn't figure out and find them. So, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely not done very often because it's just so detailed. And again, the practicality of it is very difficult to figure out. <laughs> you can't imagine doing a Krypton suit. That one's even more elaborate. And, and it takes away all of like the sharp edges and the... the, the square components of the um, earth suit so man that's good yeah. how long have they been working on it um i could be wrong on this i want to say at least three months i would say Jeez. um it took me several months to finish mine um fiora's look from the beginning of the movie um when i made uh this most recent suit when they're on earth I kind of blew through it a lot quicker. One, I had I had attempted it before two years ago, and I just wasn't there yet. And then I just, it, you know, it was. Um, it's definitely less detailed as far as like the small details, but it definitely was. It kind of came with its own set of challenges. Um, you know, on sizing, making sure you can move. It's very asymmetrical, um, which is really cool. One of my favorite parts about it. Kind of the and so it's yeah so it's it's a lot of each piece is very unique so trying to capture all the detail from very limited angles um, <laughs> and like scouring the internet for some kind of reference photos I've I've found photos of the suits um, Theora um, the Superman suit and then uh, Jor El from the beginning of the movie. It looked like it was on display some somewhere. So someone took a bunch of photos of that, thankfully. <laughs> so, you know, it's not only seeing the suits in the film, um, but when you see it in real life, you're like, whoa, because depending on the movie, the color grading and the cinematography can really affect how it looks on the camera. But in real life, it could look very, very different. Um, so it's trying to capture all of that as much as possible. So what was it about Feora's two suits that made you want to pursue that? Why, why Feora? Um, I just think she's a total badass. <laughs> um, I remember, um, I, rem I remember 
watching the film for the first time in the movie theater, um, I kind of went into it with a poor mindset because, again, we had kind of just gotten off of, you know, a another Superman movie that, you know, wasn't that great, in my opinion. So you're kind of getting that fatigue. And so I'm like, another Superman movie. Eh. You know, didn't really, you know, get into it when, when it was announced and things like that. But I went to go see it in the theaters. And life I just, I, life changing. Yeah, well, well, what blew me away um, was their fight scene um, in the town and the way that they visually made the Kryptonians move and their speed and everything. So that like hit me. Um, I'd never seen that visually depicted like that before. And I thought it was just amazing, especially for 2013. Um, so I just, I don't know. I just, I, I fell in love with her design. I thought the Kryptonians design was just so gorgeous and incredible. Um, and this was before I even was interested in cosplay, but I was like, man, that would be amazing to just wear that. I feel like you would just feel incredible. And um, once I got into cosplay, I knew that I wanted to do them, both of them. Um, the one from the beginning, I was like, man, I don't know if I could ever do that. It's just so freaking detailed. I don't know. So <laughs> several months of uh, several mental breakdowns. <laughs> You know, almost quitting, but um, persevering anyway and just trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, and, it, you know, I'm so glad that I did. And, you know, it's definitely, I would say, my proudest work so far. Um, it means a lot to me. Um, and I think I'm the only one that has done that look. I, I, have, I haven't found it. Okay. I haven't. The one from the beginning of the movie. Um with the spikes and it's brown and it has like their insignia on it. I tried to find other, like that's the first thing I do is try to find other cosplayers that have done that, you know, that look because I'm instantly messaged them be like, how did you do this? What do you recommend? You know, like help me get started here. You know, most people are incredibly kind and, you know, so, but I could not find, I barely could find anything for that. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love her. I think, you know, they did an incredible job depicting her. Um, and I'm excited to see her again in the flash, even if it's for just a second. <laughs> um, I'll still be the one being like, you know, screaming when they show her. So. <laughs> I think I've seen the earth armor once or twice prior to you doing yes. it. Yes. But, yeah. I'd never seen the Krypton armor of hers before. Not once. So you get. If y'all do, please send them my way because again, you know, I love to connect with other people that are into the same things. Um, so. I think I've only seen one person do the Krypton armor, and that was Jor-El's armor. That that looked insane already as it was. I it was yeah, it was like online back in like 2016, 2017. Uh, it was probably like I want to say Dragon Con or Emerald, like one of like those yeah. games where everybody brings out their a a game stuff. But it it looks really detailed, so I can only imagine like 
those those shapes and the geometric design of everything, right? Because let's face it, with these costumes in this universe, it's not enough to just make them look pretty. We gotta like, right. let's, how intricate can we make this? So just make every cosplayer just cry a little bit. Like, I don't think yeah. it's right to replicate Cyborg yet, just because of how like the shapes of Cyborg is like insane, much less like, the Kryptonian stuff, right? I've seen one. I've seen one as well. Why yeah. not the cast, right? Yeah. Uh, was the Jarrell with a uh, Man of Steel group or anything like that, or was he solo? Just solo, solo walking around with his little uh, like little blaster gun, rifle. Yeah, yeah, rifle. So oh, respect. <laughs> yeah, the, the costume design is just insane. Mm -hmm. Michael Wilkinson is on a whole other level. Whole other level. Yeah. 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 It would be um, a dream come true to meet him one day. I, I really hope, God willing, we get a SnyderCon 3. I really hope Zach ropes it into coming to that one. Really, really helping. Yeah. Like, I did. I actually did Feora uh, for SDCC. God, what was it? I want to say like 14, 2014, maybe something like that. It was just this unbelievably like closet version. I, I got like the um, leotard off Amazon. I got the wetsuit boots that the leotard that kind of goes over. So the divide isn't as obvious as it is. I put it on. I had my dad uh, who is uh enduring genius. He's, he's great with like uh, blueprints and all that kind of stuff. He's great with artwork he painted the uh like the kryptonian uh the border designs all along the side the belts the, things yeah. the ribs everything there so none of that was 3d it was just painted on but in my opinion he did an amazing job looking at the reference in front of him and then painting it on the suit yeah compared to almost 10 years later now of what's available in terms of being able to commission things for cosplay. It, it's, yeah. it's insane. Like my man of steel suit is essentially the fabric from the movie. They have found a way to replicate that and yeah. print it. And that, yeah. that's my entire suit. My entire suit is that fabric top to bottom. Yep. So yeah. I, for Fiora, I had the, the um, prop knife, that she had, I, I think I got it. It was the Ruby's version, so I just got it off Amazon or something like that, and then uh, figured out a way to like Velcro strap it around my thigh or something like that, and then just got a black cape to throw on my shoulders. Why I decided to do Feora at that point, I have no idea. I was just like, you know what, my hair's short. I she's a badass. Why not? I'd, I'd love to do that, and I know that's kind of <laughs> she's a badass is one of the driving factors for you doing her. So I was like, you know what. <laughs> No, no one else did any Man of Steel or anything like that for San Diego that year. And, like, in 2013, 2014, cosplay still was not huge, even at San Diego right. at that point. So right. I, I was fairly unique in as far as I went, even with that little closet-level version. Right. But... Yeah, yeah it's it interesting was, how people have... Um, you know, especially, you know, Superman cosplayers, that has been, you know, a really important look for people to cosplay. So it's, I, I'm glad that it is. And it's amazing that 
cost makers and costume uh, designers, you know, have found a way, like you said, to replicate fabrics, uh, resin casting, you know, the emblem, you know, all the details um, to add texture and everything to the suit. So, you know, it's amazing how, you know, that film is very impactful in more ways than one, you know, and that it's still relevant today. So impacting us all creatively, personally, it's, it's insane. And the fact that I only got the Man of Steel suit done, it's now two years ago. That's still almost 10 years after the film was released. I, it stays yeah. that long and it means that much to you for that long. That's been my dream suit since I saw the movie was to wear Henry Cavill's Superman suit from specifically that movie. I love the VBS suit, I love the, the Justice League suit, but that one was the dream suit. And yeah. I finally managed to make it happen. And and every time I wear it is just it's it's magical. It's it's literally magical. So I, I will never get tired of putting that suit on. Yeah. Hmm. It's funny, I still feel like Man of Steel's the, the costume itself instantly i will recognize it anywhere i see it whether it's on a costume or on a or a toy or a hot toys or whatever but it visually is just so striking to me and i just i still think i prefer it over the bvs and uh the justice league suit just because of when i first saw it, i was like this feels superman but alien at the same time and i really dig yeah going for and it just felt it hit that perfect balance for me so I, I totally agree. And that's why I wanted the Man of Steel suit. As I said, I, I appreciate all the trilogy suits, but that one was just, it, it was the first and it meant the most because that was Clark's first introduction to his heritage. That was his biological yeah. father saying, this is where you come from. This is what you represent. And it's right. the first puts it on. And mm -hmm. so we see Superman in the flesh taking flight in that suit. So that that just, that stuck with me forever. And I was like, someday I will wear that suit. And, and like Beth said, anytime I see the emblem, anytime I see the combination of colors, merchandise, figures, statue, anything, it, it, it's just this instant kind of like th that little gasp of, recognition as soon as you see it and that's never going to stop because it will always elicit that out of me so yeah well think of all, all the movies it influenced afterwards too i remember there was an interview where the costume designer for black panther one said that they took cues from the man of steel suit and replicated it for chadwick boseman's costume specifically the muscle suit and the texturing underneath now you got like the boys doing it and you have um even titans and all those other tv shows that came afterwards too they all replicated the same thing tyler hecklin's current suit very similar as well it it started something and you know like to its credit it still stands the test of time 10 years later it's pretty awesome it, it's phenomenal in that way because it it really did it it, it was the birth of the new age of superhero media 
that, that it really was the cusp and the start of it all. Mm-hmm. So the, the, that relevancy will never change. It will remain as that cornerstone for the costumes, for the story that it told, for the characters that were introduced, for the performances that everyone gave. And everyone, top to bottom, behind and in front of the camera, brought their A-game. And it, as, as Beth said, it stands the test of time precisely for that reason. Mm-hmm. So, and everybody taking cues from it in the industry for similar movies, either superhero or not, that happens every day because all of the work that went into that that specific movie to make the costumes work, to make the action and stunt scenes work, the ripple effect is ongoing today because everyone is still learning and improving and making it even better. So, uh-huh. yeah. That's that's why I love it so much. It's it's just so multifaceted and impacts so many different levels of the industry, of fandom, of fans just watching it. It's it's yeah. I feel like it's a very um, misunderstood film. You know, I think you know, depending on the generation too. I think what Zach did is. You know, he brought the reality and the darkness and that, you know, if you had a figure like this in modern times, this is how it would really go. He probably would destroy a whole city, even if he had good intentions. You know, he would have to make really hard moral decisions. And how would the people of Earth react to something like that? You know, Um, so I know there was a lot of criticism. Um, for how Cal L was, you know, his character. Um, so, which I think makes people that are really true fans of the film, I feel like it makes our connection stronger because, you know, obviously some we connected with something and we we saw something that you know Zach did with the story and we saw the true intentions of the film and. Um, what it could mean. So I feel like, you know, the people that say, oh yeah, I love Man of Steel so much, or, you know, that's my favorite uh, superhero film. It's like, yeah, we can chill. <laughs> you know you're gonna yeah. Great feeling. Because yeah. Perry says it in the film, he says, can you imagine how people would react if there was someone like this out there? That that's that's the exact question that Zach yeah. posits to the audience. He says, "Yeah, what if these mythical characters, what if these archetypes, existed in a world as close to our own as possible? What mm-hmm. would that look like? What would the ramifications be? How would we, as a population, react to that? How would politics change? How would social media change? It everything right. and." What I feel like a lot of people go into Man of Steel not really understanding that not only is it an origin story, it's his first day on the job. We, we see the origin story setting it up and saying, Here's, here he is at approximately 30 years old. He is not Superman. He does not know where he comes from. He, he knows none of that. But we're going to see flashbacks showing his entire life. All he's want to do is help people. That's it. 
He found out he's not from Earth when he was a bitty little teenager from his dad. And he's carried that the rest into his, into his adult life. And then once we actually hit right about the first third of the movie, we hit the discovery of the scout ship and then snowballing into discovering his heritage, who he is, where he comes from, then putting on the suit for the first time. And that's his first day on the job. He's never fought anyone. He's never thrown a punch. Of course he hasn't because everyone around him is, is a human. He knows exactly what's going to happen if he gets right. in a fight with someone. That's why he right. went through for not only his safety, but for everyone else's safety, to keep everyone else protected. So when right. he's presented with this threat that is his species coming to Earth and an equivalent threat of him standing against him, he has no idea what to do. He has never been presented with that as a possibility that could happen. So he he does the best he can with what he has in that moment. Is it enough? That's up for debate. That's why he's he's being debated in the next movie. That's why his right to exist is being debated in the next movie. The, the immigrant allegory there is not subtle. It, it is not subtle at all. So... Zach relying extraordinarily on the this is the ultimate immigrant story ruffled a few people and 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 they didn't like that as much and that's why I know so many people who have lived that story who have lived the immigrant story and are immigrants wherever they live wherever they call home that's why it impacted them so personally and so profoundly and why they love this particular story so much. But people who have never had to experience that and have never been confronted with that might not have understood it and, and kind of rejected it and said, no, that, that doesn't fit right for me. That, that doesn't work. And, and I think that's why a lot of people took issue with uh, Jonathan and the words of wisdom he imparted to his son, just because, no, he is not saying his son should let all of his peers in school, in that school bus, die. That is not what he was saying. He is the parent of a child who they have spent his entire life paranoid that the government is going to show up on their doorstep at any time to take him away and turn him into an experiment. The real life equivalent is that is not exactly the same thing, but in essence, that is what immigrant parents fear. That is what immigrant parents fear for their children, for themselves. That is why they are so protective of their children. They shouldn't have to be, but they are. And that, that story reflected it very accurately. So in terms of that little exchange between father and son, people who haven't lived that when or don't know don't know people who've lived that it, it it didn't connect for them and they said that seems weird and not very in character so it's just there there's a lot of very intentional storytelling that people can't really seem to move outside of themselves to engage with and I think that's really unfortunate in terms of the reception of this movie and the overarching story, but it connected with me and that's why I'm here hosting this podcast. And it connected yeah. with you.
obviously. Yeah, it definitely, um, and and then even more so with Batman versus Superman, which, you know, um, I thought was amazing in terms of, again, another misunderstood film, you know, uh, kind of just continuing to expand on everything that you just said. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think back to, so my um, paternal grandfather's last name is Kent. So Superman has always been kind of like a special thing in my family, I would say. Um, and so the, you know, his Kryptonian father, his biological father, and then his adoptive adoptive father, uh, both playing a very important role. And I love how Zach, you know, kind of layers. It's two different perspectives, but really ultimately, you know, trying to get to the same goal. Um, and I love the callbacks when we get to, you know, Zach's Justice League, which was just mind blowing. Um, that will always make me very emotional as well um, when he gets the black suit. Um, so it's just, uh, it just, it makes me, I, I try not to get too frustrated and, and dwell on what could have been because he really set the foundation for something really special. Um, and I think, you know, it, it brought him, um, uh, I believe Gal did audition for Feora as well. Um, and he was like, mm. so it brought Gal in, you know, it, it really set the foundation for something incredible. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful for what we've had from it. Uh, I wish things would have gone a bit differently, <laughs> but um, we still have something very special, like, you know, that we've said that is still relevant and is still impactful today. Okay, we've got our other two guests coming on. Let's add Anthony and let's add Andrew. Andrew, you are sideways on the screen. <laughs> Not really sure. That's not real. Nope, that's up or down. Other way. Other way? Other way. Uh, well, there we go. Perfect. Excellent. Hey. There's everybody. Uh, can I hear Anthony? Can you test really fast? No, your audio is not coming through. Maybe pop out, hop back in. Maybe, maybe. Turn it off and turn it on again. Basically. That was worse. Anything? No? No? Can you hear us? Yes, we cannot hear you. <laughs> so just hop out and hop back in and maybe that'll work. Maybe, hopefully. Yeah, give it a try. Okay. Uh, Andrew, welcome. Glad, Thank glad you. you're here. Sorry I was late. I got, we, we, we had a meeting that was meant to go from 11 to 11.30 and it went from 11 to way past 11.30. <laughs> yeah, isn't, yeah, isn't that the way it goes? Indeed. Um, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, uh, Instagram, where we can find you, uh, where you hail from, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, uh, I'm Andrew, uh, Melbourne Superman on Instagram, Melb Superman on Twitter. Uh, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up until I was about 25, New Jersey, the United States, and I moved to Australia, Melbourne, hence Melbourne Superman in about uh, 2009. 
uh, and I've been here. I've been here ever since, kind of trying to represent the uh, red, blue, or black, or whatever color you like your Superman to be. <laughs> I want to make sure we got a couple corners of the globe in here. So we've got Canada, we've got Australia, we've got Louisiana, and two LAers. So he'll be back in a minute. Nice. So, um. Why don't you go over a little, like, what kind of creative are you? Are you specifically a cosplayer? Do you do other things in addition to that, et cetera? Yeah. Uh, so for me, cosplay is actually relatively new. I mean, I've been dressing up, like, forever. And, like, three years ago, I was introduced to to cosplay by my partner. And I didn't know that cosplay was as big as it was. I thought it was, like, me and, like, 25 other people. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, main sort of living though is as an actor, uh, I've been doing musical theater and uh, film and television for as long as I can remember. Uh, but cosplay is kind of like, it's a, it's like a safe, not always, unfortunately, but most, for the most part, it's like a safe and a fun environment. And I get to, you know, I mean, I'm 38 and I dress up as Superman. It's it's a fun time. It's just, it's, it's like, we get to have a lot of fun. We get to live out our fantasies and um, you know, most of us will never get a chance to play our favorite character, whether that's Superman or something from star Wars or something from anime, anything on screen. But the fact that we can dress up and represent that character as best as we can and what that character means to us, because it might not always be uh, the same representation for everybody else. It's just, it's an amazing thing. And you know, doing that and having the the, uh, the community as it is, for the most part, being pretty awesome. It's kind of cool to be to be involved with something like that. So I can't remember what was the first cavil suit you wore. The first cavil suit I wore was from uh, Replica Industries. It was a Batman v Superman suit. So for those not in the know, that's the one with the square buckle. <laughs> Um, so that was the first one. What's that? Correct. The, the one we're celebrating, Man of Steel, is round. Exactly, exactly. Man of Steel is round, which I have that one coming. I'm very excited about that. Um, and then it kind of, it kind of just went crazy from there. I've got like 22 suits, I think. Um, which is, I, I probably should have, I always tell people I probably should have spent that money on like a house, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's a good it's a good time. Okay, uh Anthony, have we got you on audio? Nope, doesn't look like it. Can anybody hear him? No. Check your uh check your settings on where your microphone is and you might be yeah. having uh something crossed across the streams wrong for muted. I can tell that. Yeah, because I think default, like when I first joined, it had me muted and everything. So I had to click, you know, to activate my microphone and um, camera. Anything? Nope. Maybe maybe the headphones are doing something. He switched okay. out of looking here. Yeah, what is... Here? I see um, the little uh, volume bar is x on him so is that something mm. on my that i need to do oh it is is that volume or is that i don't know or i can't 
can't tell if that's um, signal strength. I can't tell if that's volume or signal strength. It looks like. I think. I think. Wait, let me try muting myself. Yeah. Is that? Let's see. I think it is signal strength. Just looking at everyone else's video, um, I can see the bars, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, because all of us have have the bars, but his is, is crossed out. So right under the bar, man. I think that's what's happening. Okay, he's unmuted, but nothing's coming through. Hmm. Maybe increase your volume. Does that work? No. No. Dang. I don't know, maybe try hopping on your phone or something? Maybe. You're gonna give that a try. Yep. He's gonna give that a try. That's what we're gonna just do. Keep going. Um so Andrew, uh so you have not yet worn the Man of Steel suit? I have not yet. So I have it coming. It's coming from uh, an awesome maker uh called Napiers. Um and uh the person who made the the trim is Ben Able Effects. I say awesome maker because he's made me a couple suits, but he also, he takes his, he takes his time. <laughs> so, it was meant to be here like a month ago. So I'll probably get it in some point, I think in August. Uh, but yeah, so I haven't actually worn the actual man of steel suit yet. I, I do have a, like a, like a, um, uh, what do you call him? A sent a Zentai suit kind of one, um, oh, which is kind of cool. I wear that when I take photos with my dog, just because I don't want my dog to jump on my really expensive suit. Um, uh, but yeah, even, even wearing a suit like that, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of get the same feeling if I'm wearing a Zentai suit or one of my multi-thousand dollar suits, uh, it's just, it's still like the same feeling. It's like, I'm wearing this suit and it's like, it's everything in the world that is right. It's that hope, right? It's that. It's that on my world, it means hope. And it, it totally is like no matter what suit you're wearing, whether it's a Cavill, whether it's a Reeve, whether it's a Routh or Hecklin, Hecklin or Hoechlin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's just like the same, that same feeling. It's like, this is cool. This is, this is empowering. That's actually exactly what um, I do. I have obviously the um, very expensive Man of Steel suit, but mm. I also have Man of Steel BBS and Justice League uh, uh, super geek designs suits that I have that I specifically oh, no. use for charity events. So mm. kids can tug on them, they can get a little dirty, they can get muddy, and it doesn't matter. So, okay, looks better. Anthony's here. Uh, you gotta tweak the orientation of the screen a little bit though. Nope, other way. How's that? Other way. The, the reversed way of what you did. This? One more. One more. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> this, this should be the podcast. Just an hour of this. Yeah, literally. This, 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 this is what my podcast is. There's generally like five minutes of behind the scenes. Keep, keep, keep rotating. Do, do a podcast. Keep, Wait. keep rotating. One more? One more. One more. Are you and sure about perfect. that? Like that? There you go. Yep. All right. Perfect. No, we got weird. I don't know why the computer wasn't working. That's all that matters. It's all good. I'm here. I made it. You Yay. made it. 
<laughs> my my Superman shirt. The, yeah, I got the cool. got the Justice League Superman black black suit. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our last, our last and final guest. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Anthony? Hi, I'm uh, Anthony, aka Superman Anthony. Okay, that's better. Um, I am a cosplayer. I think we all are. But uh, I started. My first Superman suit was <clears throat> was uh, Superman Returns back in like 2006 respect yeah that was, i thought that was a good suit at the time you know i mean i think it's still a good suit <laughs> looking, looking back and seeing what we got afterwards i was like maybe it's not the best suit but that was my first suit i think i've done about 10 of them uh, you said you had how many andrew 20 something i think i've got i think i've got 22 with one one more coming wait, so that's wow. fun wait, jesus just collect them that's awesome I think that, yeah, I, the one I have now is the one, Kelsey, you actually helped me get the, the black suit. So yep. I still haven't worn it yet. I was going to put it on and I rushed to get on this, this, this call and but I got the shirt. So Close enough. You got the shirt. That's all. That matters. Got the shirt. That's all that matters. We've got Morgan representing in, in the full suit. So we're good. Yeah. I like that. Nice. And you got Batman too. That's awesome. <laughs> Just to be a part of everything for some reason. That's <laughs> the world's finest. We're from uh, up north, so we're good. Yeah. Um, so how many like suits do you actually have right now, Anthony? Like active suits? I only have the one. That's it. I've sold them all. Yeah. Like, every, every time, you know, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a one suit guy. I just keep trading up. It's like, you know, got, got to go to the next console or something. So I, right now it's just the black suit. So I would like to do uh, I would like to do a, a Batman versus Superman Superman that would be kind of cool that was that was the dream suit it's, it's close between Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman they're both pretty close in my opinion I liked I like the use of the Kryptonian writing on the shield and the shoulder I think that was very clever so it's it's a close one for me but yeah just the one suit right now so which we still have to shoot obviously we got to do something. It's just sitting in the closet. I just I just moved in, or I would have been more prepared. I just moved into this new place. It's somewhere. It's in everything's kind of a mess right now. That's why I had the the uh, the Hawaiian background. I was at the beach for a while, but um, I didn't want I didn't want you to see the mess that is this place right now. It is all good. I had to orient mine, so we're looking at my closet doors because that is the only blank space in my room. So we're good. Well, ain't that the truth? <laughs> We're all making do with what we have. So. Exactly. Which I is very much what the Kents do in uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. You have how many suits, Kelsey? Well, I have my uh, primary Man of Steel suit, my dream suit that I already discussed a little bit. Um, that one only gets brought out for cons. It, it's in the closet um, on its little... Uh, half mannequin um other than that i have two of each i think i have two men of steel two bvs and two justice league that i use for charity work um all those are all super geek suits that i've ordered that I've had custom fit and then i um add velcro 
to the shoulders and the cape goes on as a separate component. So that's uh, six so and then seven with the made of steel suit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like your, well, your, your, all your super, Superman suits are, are awesome, but I think I like your, your it's not, has nothing to do with Man of Steel, but your Batwoman is just crazy. I love that suit. Just a unique that's, take on that. Just that's insane. my other favorite. That was, uh, Man of Steel happened. That was my ultimate dream suit. And then I wanted an actual bat suit because I've cosplayed Batwoman for several years already. And the suits I've had up till then were not that great and mostly from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so I needed to commit and actually get something commissioned from uh, J. Curtis Atelier, who is phenomenal, and I cannot wait to work with him again. And that bat suit has been the highlight of the last two cons. So very awesome. excited, very fun. I cannot wait for him to do a uh, Justice Lord version of my Man of Steel suit. Uh, that'll be cool. I I've discussed that with him. That will be my uh, next next dream suit. So I've it, there's fan art, there's concept art out there of Cavill in the Justice Lord suit and what that might look like in the Michael Wilkinson style. And I said, I have to do that because no yeah. one has done it. I have to do it. What could what so, could have been right? What could have been? <laughs> I, I I would have loved to have seen VCU. Uh, Cavill, Batfleck, uh, Godot as the Justice Lords. That would have been crazy. Oh, that would have been insane. There, there was so much they they could have done. I mean, uh, just I mean, just this Flash movie what we're getting right now, a, a, a real Flashpoint would have just been insane to see on screen. You know, with the with the Amazons, ready to go. He was sitting sitting yeah. in the wing, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine uh, the Flashpoint Thomas Wayne suit with Michael Wilkinson? Ooh, that would have been cool. That I love the Flashpoint suit. Yeah. If I ever cosplay Batman, it's like a toss-up between like a combination of the Batman Forever slash Arkham style or just the Thomas Wayne Flashpoint suit. If if I ever go to the dark side and cosplay Batman. That, yeah, that what did you throw on that one time? Do you have oh, a yeah. I, it was um, uh, it was at super. Uh, I went to the workshop of uh, superhero concepts, who's based out of Melbourne here, uh, <laughs> and he just does he does a bunch of different stuff. And he's like, "Hey man, try this on." And I was like, "All right." And so I put it on. I felt dirty, but I felt awesome <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> uh, uh, Thomas Wayne, awesome if you do Flashpoint, that would be incredible yeah bvs would have been like a, a uh, thomas wayne Zack snyder version would be a cool concept to... dude can you imagine jeffrey dean morgan as batman come on oh yeah he was that ready to go. so hard he, you know that you know he was only casted to play that part not not the not the thomas wayne getting murdered in an alleyway <laughs> that wasn't what he was casted for yeah <laughs> He was really it's like Billy B. Williams wanted to play Two Face. Cohan <laughs> as Thomas and Martha in the Flashpoint timeline. Like he was not joking around. He was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would have had all the Walking Dead people freak out. Oh my God, it's Negan and Maggie. They're they're hooking up now and they're like fighting each other. But that would have been a nice little crossover. Yeah. That's what this <laughs> new Walking Dead 
dead city or whatever it's called on uh, Stan or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be actually him transitioning to Batman. Yeah. Right. Can you imagine that? They're like, psych, just kidding. Man, he was so good in Watchmen. That would have been amazing. Oh, oh my God. He was so good. Like, like Zach knew. He knew what he was doing casting him. He was like, that, that's my buddy. He's, he's done good for me before. We're, we're going to do that again. You never know. <laughs> we'll see. It still happens. We'll see. What's the, <laughs> cross your fingers. I, I, I want to see more uh, Flashpoint Thomas Wayne's in general. I've only seen yeah. two being cosplayed. Yeah, I can't even remember. I, I know I've seen one. I can't remember who does it, but it's pretty epic. It's not Saddle Up. I don't think he does it. It's, uh, um, I think does it. Who, who does? Na I think it's Nashville Knight who does it. Or That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. I think I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've I, seen that. Pretty good I have a tactical suit to make it look, or I'm confusing one of his other suits, but I remember seeing it. I was like, that's a movie version of Flashpoint if I've ever seen one. Mm. So... That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see. List of questions. What have we not hit so far? We haven't, we haven't talked to Andrew and Anthony yet. Why do you love Man of Steel? What What hit you after seeing the movie? What stuck with you? What changed you? Why is it still so beloved today? Andrew, go ahead. All right. Well, I mean, I got to be honest with you. When I first saw it, okay. So I am. I've, a big fan of Christopher Reeve, right? Like, and that's Reeve, everybody. There's no S at the end of his name. Let's all just get that through our souls. Um, I, huge fan of Christopher Reeve. I, I loved the Brandon Routh movie. I thought it was cast really well. I think uh, the story had potential. I think, unfortunately, it fell short. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I did enjoy that. But I loved that. A big part of it was because it was like the John Williams score was a continuation from... Uh, from the Reeve uh, sort of mythos. So when I went in to go see Man of Steel, I, I, I was really excited to see it, right? It's 2013. I remember when I saw it. I saw it here in Australia at a theater called uh, High Point um, uh, Hoyts and on the IMAX and everything. And I remember walking away the first time and I kind of like, I wasn't sure that I got it. I was, I was like, I think I was comparing it so much to what I knew. And I didn't really fall in love with it until probably the second time I saw it or the third time I saw it even. And then it just kind of like, it just turned into, it, it just like a snowball. It snowballed into like this awesome love because it's like the first time I saw it, I didn't get it. But then the more I watch it and I'm looking at the undertones and look, I, I very much enjoy watching movies just to watch a movie. I don't necessarily need to see uh, an underlying message about the politics or whatever it is today. But at the same time, I appreciate when I pick up, I pick that up. And so... When I'm watching Man of Steel the second or third time with a more open mind, I'm like, there's a lot in here just about, you know, what it means to be an outsider. It's not just necessarily this. I mean, in Superman, the movie, he was loved right away. And that's that's easy. Whereas you take the Man of Steel with Henry Cavill, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. And it's like, that's not this is a much more realistic of what we would actually probably see today. A lot of hate, a lot of fear, a lot of chaos and uh destruction and we're not really sure what's going on a lot of blame a lot of scapegoating and then you i look at that and i'm like you know out of all that this is superman who has been faced with all that 
and yet he still chooses to do the right thing for these people that aren't really sure about him because his heart's always in the right place. And that, to me, is what Superman is. And then once I realized that on the second and third viewing, everything else just fell into place, right? Like the music, the the characterizations. So many people I've talked to don't love Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent. And I'm like, whatever, dude. I, I, loved, exa- I, I loved what he did. It was like he reminded me sort of of... Um, uh, John Schneider, I think his name. No, is it John Schneider from Smallville? Yeah, that, yeah? Uh, yeah. I love I love that characterization. Uh, characterization, and it kind of there was a little bit of that into Kevin Costner because I'll be honest with you, sometimes I find Kevin Costner boring, but th- <laughs> this time I did not. I was like, he is looking out for his son, and he is making the ultimate sacrifice to make sure that his son is safe. And is not going to reveal himself to the world before it's time. Like, sure, he could have been saved with the twister, but it's like, do you know what? Not yet. It's not. It's not time right now, and you need to like wait. And I will sacrifice myself for you. And it's like all those little things there, and you know, the action sequences and the. I mean, I think probably at this stage. I, I hum the 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 flight theme in my head more than I do the John Williams score, which I, I know is kind of like I feel like I'm betraying John Williams, but at the same time, it's just like I it's it's just a real cool. It is an amazing story that I wish we would have been able to see more of. You know, everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people are like, oh, it's so dark. It's like the DC universe. It's like, yeah, but it's it's kind of real and like. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I love the Christopher Reeve movies, but they don't quite age well because, yes, they're not as campy as, say, 1960s Batman, but they're still pretty campy. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean that I love them any less, but when you look at an updated version of Man of Steel, we kind of need that. Like, and the first time we saw the costume, I call it a suit. I don't call it a costume. It's a suit. It's a work uniform. Uh, but man alive. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like everything everything about it. I mean, sure, there's moments where I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, but that's like with any movie, right? It's like I could watch it over and over again. It just, it brings to light what we all kind of feel like we need is that we all feel like we're outsiders at some point, if not all the time. And we f- we look up to characters like Superman because they are relatable sure we can't all fly we don't have super speed but at the same time he's not infallible he he has a choice to make he has a struggle that he goes through and he's an outsider and he's got to find his way in the world just like all of us and i think Zack snyder really really hit that home i th- i know that was like a really long-winded answer but that's that's where we're at <laughs> that, was, that was a wonderful answer i i, I love that zach presented him with much more of an existential problem to wrestle with rather than mm. something to punch his way out of. Yeah. And I really appreciate that as someone who struggles mentally a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah, so. agreed. I think, I think that's the thing. That's the thing about the, the, the Reeve movies is that, yeah, it's, it's what can Superman do? It's not who Superman is. Or who is Clark yeah. Kent? I mean, there's three versions, right? There's Superman, there's Clark Kent, there's Kal-El. Uh, I think in Superman 4, the quest for peace, we see a little bit more of that. But in Man of Steel, we see all of that. 
All right, Anthony. Let's oh, man. You. I'm going to follow that. That was a good one. Oh, thank you. Um, So, I mean, like before Man of Steel, like, yeah, like you said, I I loved the Reeve stuff. Reeve, Reeve. Um, And I (laughs) love Ralph. You know, it was, that's that's all we had as as far as exposure to, to, to Superman. We had, I mean, we had Dean Cain. You know, we had, you know, we had some shows and, but like everything was kind of the same, you know, Smallville was probably the most different thing we've gotten from Superman mm. and uh, coming into Man of Steel. You know, I mean, like you look at the route stuff, you look at Grieve, it's like they show them for briefly at, you know, crashing on Earth and and then they struggle for like a good five seconds and with their powers. Not, I don't even think Grieve struggled that much. And uh, and then he's just Superman, you know. And then he's just saving cast some trees and 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 saving Lois from a helicopter. And it's just like it's it's just he's Superman. He's like they just jump right in. I think what Man of Steel is it's you see this. It's like what if you were Superman? What if you were this immigrant, this person that had these powers that you know, like you can you can. I mean, for years Warner Brothers struggled with how do we make this this guy relatable he's a god he's 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 above us all you're like and i feel like they knocked it out of the park i mean like how do you make him relatable like how what would you do in that situation and you know like i think my favorite part of those move that movie was uh was him kind of figuring it out like the the scene that even i mean cat's cat was not even in it but like him as a kid hiding in the closet and his mom comes to the rescue like like seeing that, like seeing the emotional journey this this little kid had to go through, you know, it makes you appreciate what he becomes even more. It's uh, it's just such a phenomenal movie. Um, like you said, like the I mean, of course, the action. Like I mean, you see, you see, like how the love he has for his mother, for Martha, and you know, how she was always there from after his father passed away. And then I think one of the most powerful scenes is, because I, mean, I love my mom, I'll, I'll murder anybody if anybody touched my mother, is just that scene was that where uh, he just takes on, he takes Zod and goes right through the cornfield and into a, a gas station and explodes. Like, you, you, you feel like, just like everything else in this movie, what would you do if you were a Superman? And everybody wants to bash and say, look, he, you know, he blew up a whole city and, you know, people died. It's like, what would you do? We've seen what Christopher Reeve would have done. We've seen what Brandon Ralph, we've seen what a perfect, you know, comic-y version would have done, but what would you have done? And I think that's what I really like about this movie and just Zach's, Zach's vision in general for all his movies. You know, same thing with Batman, like, I mean, half like you know like this guy's been fighting for 20 years and seen all his friends go down and turn bad and whatever and stuff we don't even know that happens like wouldn't you have like kind of been jaded too wouldn't you've kind of so it's you know it's i think he just knocked it out of the park um i seen man of steel probably five times in theaters i loved it from the first showing and i mean like I waited so long to finally see like a different version. You know, I mean, I, I 
I remember they had a Justice League Mortal that was going to come out. And I was like, oh, cool, finally, we're getting a Justice League movie. And that fell apart. You know, it's like for so long, I wanted something that was different. And it was. It was It was just, it, it redefined what, you know, to me. It, 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 there was a, I loved, I've loved Superman since I was a kid. I've been dressing up since I was a kid. But this version of Superman was just, it was different. But it was, it was right didn't feel didn't feel like what is this character it felt like this is what the character should be and not you know 1938 superman i think you hit it right there right on the head right there it's like it wasn't forced it just was it's just like you watch it and you're like this is superman i this is like we don't yeah i love that well done that was better than mine <laughs> no, it's not a competition. <laughs> if it is, you'd won. You'd win. <laughs> I should show off my little uh, OG screening card. This is oh, from cool. 2013. This is the first time I ever saw it. Was that the? Ticket? I actually thought I thought that was a picture of you because you've done that pose. Yeah, such a great, I thought that too. Great my icon pose. Yep. <laughs> That's but, awesome. That that is the first time I ever saw it. It was a pre-screening, so I saw it ten years ago yesterday. Today, wow. actual wow. release. So I saw it the day prior. Nice. But, yeah, that was that. It, it was life changing. It was absolutely life changing. I think I, the what I what I that feeling for Man of Steel the first time was the feeling I got for watching uh, Batman Begins for the first time. It was like, it doesn't have to be Joel Schumacher beating up Arnold Schwarzenegger anymore. It could be something better. That's the feeling I got with Man of Steel. It's funny what these superhero movies do to us, right? It's like every time a new one comes out, it's like a new era of what this character is. I mean, no matter if you're into the comic books or the TV show, um, a, a, a movie comes out and all of a sudden that's what the character is. For so long, it was Christopher Reeve. And then for like five minutes, it was Brandon Routh. <laughs> oh, Brandon. <laughs> um, I, I, I love Brandon Routh as Superman. I, sh I shouldn't say that. I love that it came back in uh, Infinite Crisis, and I'd love to see more of him. But like when, like yeah, when when Batman Begins came out, when Christian Bale came out, it's like that's Batman. We're kind of going through that now with Pattinson. Like I love Pattinson's Batman, uh, and with Henry Cavill, it's like it it opens up the mythos to so many different kinds of people because like. You look on Facebook, you look on social media, and so many people are like, Cavill's my Superman. And, like, these are people who may be new to the character that don't have any idea who or what Christopher or Christopher Reeve is or George Reeves is, are. Um, and it's like, it, it opens it up to a whole new uh, generation. And it defines, it, it defines that generation. Like, our times in some shape or form are defined by these superheroes that we watch on screen. I think. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, this is Cavill's, I mean, I, we're a little older now, but I mean, kids growing up now are, you know, are going to see Cavill's their Superman. Just like, I mean, I don't know who's my Superman. Well, I guess Reeve was mine growing up, but it's, uh, it's just it's it's crazy but he did a great job and and uh I'm, I'm grateful that i'm grateful that we got the got cavill as long as we got him mm. 
So why don't we all go around and talk about your favorite character of Man of Steel, whether that's Superman across the board, and your favorite scene, your favorite sequence, your favorite part. So Morgan, why don't we start with you? Um, so my, <laughs> my favorite character is Feora. Um, I think she is one of the top female live action characters that we've ever gotten. Um, uh, just everything about her, the actress, she's gorgeous. She was, I think, perfect for the part. I'm glad that they casted someone that may not be as well known in that role. Um, so she could really come into it. Um, it inspired me to, you know, look at costume design in a different way. Um, it was, you know, dream cosplays of mine to do one day. Um, and it's connected to me with some really amazing people who also love the character. Um, I would say probably my favorite sequence is when they are fighting each other uh, in the middle of the town in the IHOP, which I still have to take pictures in like an IHOP or something. Uh, <laughs> I gotta do something. I don't know. There's no Sears around anymore. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. <laughs> I gotta find a, find a town. But um, I just I, I just distinctly remember the f first time seeing it in theaters and again just the way that their movement and their speed was depicted it was just like <laughs> it really hit me for some reason I just thought it was incredibly done and again that realism and that like you know I, I just have never seen it visually that way before. I just think that whole sequence is really amazing uh, for its time with the visual effects, just everything about that sequence. I think it's definitely one of my top favorite um, parts of the film for sure. All right, Bats, how about you? I'd say like besides, um, besides Superman, it's probably a toss up between uh, Michael Shannon's General Zod or Russell Crowe's uh, Jor-El to this day and I will never tell this to EA Superman but if he watches this he'll probably not let me live it down but I have never wanted to wear a Superman costume until I heard Jor-El's speech uh, during the flight scene the, the first flight scene and just like the whole you will give a people of earth and I kill the strives war and I'm like damn now I want to go like fly or go for a really fast run and just kind of like <laughs> through my hair type thing. Um, I'm telling the world. Sorry? <laughs> I'm telling the world. I'm telling everybody FMJ Batman wants to be Superman. <laughs> I will firmly deny that. I've never heard that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just it, that whole scene and just everything that Jor-El says in that movie and even in uh, the, the Snyder Cut too it's really impactful and it sums up kind of the idea of Superman and the idea of what Clark is striving to be. It's not just platitudes of like, you know, well, kids be nice to each other, you know, people be like smile and cheer and wave, but it's a real deep meaning. And then when Michael Shannon saw it, it was just amazing how you, you knew he was still in the wrong, but you could always see where he was coming from. And not every villain has to be a sympathetic villain. But that's one of the few times where you're like, it's sympathy, not because he's like, he has redeeming qualities, but because he so firmly believes that, that there's nothing else he can be. 
So like that whole scene where he has no more purpose, you really feel like, okay, yeah, there's nothing left for this guy. So that's who he's going to be. So I thought those parts were played extremely well. And uh, for favorite scene, uh, I have a few, but I think the first fight's still going to be my all-time favorite. Andrew, how about you? Um. Okay. Well, obviously, I mean, I, I, taking Superman off the table is my favorite. I, 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 I agree. I, I love Michael Shannon as Zod. I think he was awesome. Just like, just the way his intensity is. Like, where did you learn your skills on a farm? And it's just like so. <laughs> he's so like. Yeah. He's just dripping with whatever it is that he's dripping with. It's just great. And you're right. You kind of feel for him because he just wants his world back. And it's not like Zod and Superman 2 where it's just the guy's just being a jerk because he wants to rule the world. Michael Shannon wants to bring his world back. And it's devastating uh, that he that he chooses the path that he chooses. And, you know, he ends the way he ends. Um, and I thought he brought the I, I thought he brought amazing life to it. Like I would never have thought to cast somebody like Michael Shannon as Zod. But then watching it. That's the one thing actually I remember from the trailers 10 years ago is oh, uh, yeah. I will find him. That creepy video when he's when he comes on the TV. That was a that was insane. Yeah. The the very very much the OG Snyder horror elements mm -hmm. to to that scene and and using it in the trailers. Oh. Uh -oh. Andrew Andrew there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, going nuts. Yeah, you, you got my bug. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious. Oh, no. <laughs> Hold on. Back. Let me try this again. It's all good. It's Zod trying to take over. All right, now. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're talking about that scene. It's like, <laughs> yeah. He's doing it. Oh. <laughs> that was funny. This was all planned. Yeah, yeah. Every single moment of this hour and 18 minutes thus far has been completely planned. I'm totally in control for fun. <laughs> it's real, just like Man of Steel, you know, it's not it's not over planned. It's it's a very real take on a on a on a podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I guess I'll go then. Okay. Uh Anthony, how about you? Close um, it up. Well, like favorite characters, uh I I mean Feora was great, just like you said, like I thought she was amazing. Like, like you mentioned with the super speed, like we never really saw in a Superman movie, super yeah. speed. Superman always kind of just like flew away, you know, <laughs> whatever kind of speed, you know, and like you can see the strings, but like we actually saw her like do the doop, 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 you know? Yeah. And take out like the army or whatever. And it was cool just showcasing all, well, not just, you know, his powers, but they all kind of share the same powers. But my favorite, Besides her, because I don't want to steal your favorite, um, I think <laughs> I like I think Jor El was great because, like, just like we never seen Super Speed, we never really seen Jor El be anything but a scientist, and this version of yeah. Jor El was kind of a badass. I mean, we you see him diving into that lake filled with all the what do you call it, the skull that the was it the Codex the Codex on the Codex, you know, like it was a whole different take on the character he was a bad he was a fighter he had the you know he almost got took out uh zod he got he got the upper hand for a while but he was also very 
calculated, you know, his personality and then seeing him come back as, as a hologram or whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I think Russell Crowe just did a great job and. You're not going to get Crowe in a movie and not let him have an action sequence. Oh no, you can just have him be like, you know, like, uh, what, what's his face? Um, Christopher Reed, what's his name? Uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon I mean, Brando. You did a great yeah. job too. Marlon Brando for the time did a great job, you know, but, uh, I think you got, in, an in-depth cat, like just like Superman redefined, you got Jor-El redefined, a new version that we've never really seen before. A, a fighter plus a, a brilliant scientist that was right about everything. And um, I just think, I, I mean, that whole, the first third, was it 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever that the beginning of the movie, that, I think that was. Yeah, the that, yeah, oh my God. Like, like it was a completely different take from anything we've seen in the comics, anything we've seen in TV. You know, it wasn't all crystals and stuff. It was, it was a world that was like, looked like it was ready to blow up. Like it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like everything's technologically and great and we're all flying in cars and everything's amazing. And then boom, it was like, this world looks like pretty fucked up. Are we allowed to curse on this thing? Yeah, this world looks pretty messed up. <laughs> and uh and then, questions you're supposed to ask before you do it for 500 <laughs> probably ask are there kids watching <laughs> this just no we could drop one f-bomb it's still pg-13 i think pg-13 those are one no more f-bombs um but it was a it was a i mean the, the design everything from the design of the costumes and the design of krypton everything was just beautifully done and well thought out and uh, that whole opening, I could see a whole movie on just Krypton, just this, the backstory of, I could see a whole movie with Jarrell. It, it was just, it was just insane. I think. Crow and Shannon were game during, uh, during the Man of Steel press tour. They were all talking about it. If, where, if where, is it uh, yeah. where is it guys? With better man. They did like a Krypton television that. show for the sci-fi channel. At That's yeah. The original plan for that. <laughs> Krypton show was going to be, it was going to tie in with. Yeah, you know, that was the original plan. That's what it was yeah. supposed to be. I mean, That's even what... the emblem kind of resembled in a way the Man of Steel. Uh, yeah. yeah, changed. Yeah, then it changed. Yeah. So, yeah, that went a whole different direction. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> what could have been? Good times. Oh, well. So that leaves me. Um, to change it up a little bit and to take the obvious choice Superman off the table. Um, I think my favorite character of that film was Lois Lane. Amy Adams blew me away. She blew me away in this role. She was perfectly cast for the story that Zach wanted to tell. Her chemistry with Henry was exactly what it should have been. And I loved how active she was. She... The, the, the first 30 seconds of her being on screen, she turns around, tells Superman to uh, be careful with her bags are heavy, which is a hilarious <laughs> wry humor moment. That was fantastic. And then she's uh, squaring off with the military brass and telling them where to stick it. And I'm like, that's my lowest lane. This is perfect. Stop, this is stop measuring dicks. And she will not relent until she figures out where Clark is and who Clark is. And when she's confronted with the truth of his story and why he's never gone public before, she reconsiders and says, 
oh, actually, I'm not sure I want to expose him like this. Mm -hmm. And she's confronted with Perry telling her that the FBI is at the planet talking about treason and she still won't budge. So she was, she was something pretty special. So I think, oh God, my favorite scene. Oh gosh. I honestly think my favorite scene is uh, Clark's return to Smallville after discovering his heritage, after uh, encountering the scout ship and leaving it in the Arctic and reuniting with his mom after however many years he's been doing his little nomad thing out, out in the world. It was just such a sweet, quiet, intimate little scene between Diane Lane and Cappell. And it, it just told you so much about their relationship. And it, it meant a lot to me, especially on rewatches when I can fully absor absorb everything of the story and all the little nuances, because the rewatch quality of these films is insane. And you can watch them a thousand times and you'll still discover new things. But it was just perfectly acted. They delivered exactly what they were supposed to do. And, and you just felt her, her mother's instincts for her son, just that, that desperate need to protect him even in the face of everything that's barreling their way. So I just thought that was that was really well done and I was really impressed. So obviously I love the entire film. I wouldn't be here if I didn't, but that was that was a special little moment that I really liked. Too many good scenes. Yeah, yeah there's too many. Too yeah. I, I, would, I would reflexively go for flight just because I was like clutching my armrests and filled with goosebumps the entire time, but I wanted to be a little more introspective and see what else I could dig up. Nice. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Andrew. No, I just said nice. You go. You're good. Oh, I was, I was going to say um, one thing that me and uh, EA Superman like to talk about is always how re-quotable and re-watchable the movies are. Is like there's always a perfectly quotable or quote for like every movie, like for some reason. Like I don't think. The amount of times where we view something from BVS or something like that. example, we're talking about one of our friends just being like an asshole or something. The amount of times I'll say men are still good, things like that with any <laughs> Snyder movies. It's kind of funny how you can relate so much of it to everyday life. And I don't think you can have that that often with these types of movies just because of how grand they actually are. So to have like those little introspective moments and those character moments and feel like something you would say in real life that's huge it just speaks to the right you come out you come out of these movies with a with a with a feeling with a, an emotional journey you just went on you feel uplifted mm -hmm. you feel inspired to do whatever it is you want to do but i mean you go to theaters now and it's like what do you feel when you leave a you know quantum mania do you feel anything do you feel inspired to to shrink down and I don't know, you know, it's, th there should be more behind this, these movies than just pumping them out and just what, how many can we pump out in a year? And if yep. people don't start raising, you know, raising up and, and raising their voice and saying, no, like we don't want this junk, money's money talks and you're going to keep getting junk and that's going to be the end of, and, and eventually it'll end, be the end of superhero movies because you decided to pay for junk 
So maybe people shouldn't pay for junk anymore. I know we, I know I went on a little tangent there, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Yep. laughs> I have a thousand percent agree, man. thousand percent. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the people that, the people that complain about it, uh, or, uh, you know, complain about the stuff coming or generally the people that are supporting the stuff that's coming. Uh, and look, art is art, right? Like you tell your story, tell your story that you want to, it's, Oh. Uh, Andrew, we lost audio. I think he froze. <laughs> He's in the Phantom Zone. No. <laughs> oh. Oh, was, okay. We'll try, <laughs> we'll try it again when he's back. <laughs> no, he's in the Phantom Zone. Come back. He'll be back. Don't worry. We can release the Andrew cut next. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, this is bad the hashtag. This is all like this is our first podcast, right? I was anticipating a lot more going wrong, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're doing pretty good. I think we're doing great. What's up? Are you using the web browser page? Uh yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the browser. Yeah. Holding up as well as like stream wise, like there's not a lot of lag happening too. So Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm I'm fairly impressed. Yeah. I, I see like I've done this in any semblance before. <laughs> Let's do it again. We could do Batman versus Superman in a couple of years. Yeah, what? That'll be uh twenty six. Twenty twenty six. Yeah. Yeah, three more years. We'll do it again. Suicide Squad. Nah, we could skip <laughs> we could skip Suicide Squad. The, the air cut would have been nice. If once we get the air cut, then maybe then yeah, like, air cut would be great. Just sitting there in the vault. Come on, guys! I still want my shirt <laughs> out of Batman Forever too. I want to go out. Oh, the after that one too, isn't there? Yeah, Kevin James, James says he has it every so often. What'd you say, Kelsey? There's a, a Twitter account for what. Uh, Bats just brought up, I think, that tries to kick up noise every so often. I'm like, I support you guys. I, I well, wish that he saw the Schumacher cut too. So I'm like, Kevin, Kevin everything. Yeah. Kevin Smith says he owns it. Like he has a copy in his closet or something. I heard that recently. I don't know who gave him a, a cut of that, but he, he has it apparently. Is it like that Batman Scooby Doo crossover that got leaked last year? That's probably better than what we got. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Scooby Doo over that. Oh my god! Oh man! Oh, let, let, let's not talk about uh, Tom and Jerry getting leaked as ZSL. Let's let's not even go there. Andrew, you're back. What were you t- saying again? Yeah, you're back. Uh, no audio. Oh, his audio's gone. Let's try. Just mime it. Do you know sign language? I know very elementary, like letter by letter. I, I cannot actively sign, unfortunately. Okay. I, I actually, that's a good point. I really need to like commit to actually learn ASL. That's a good skill. Mm. I bet, I bet uh, Bruce definitely knows uh, ASL and I bet Clark probably does too. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wouldn't put it past Bruce or Clark. I bet they probably mime to each other when they're trying to like signals. What are we gonna do? Well, Bruce, don't, he know, he knows like how many languages? I think like seven. Uh, depends on the canon. I think uh, live action ones usually know a dozen or so, and Robert knows like thirty. I don't know. And then like uh, Clark or Superman basically get all the knowledge from the Fortress of Solitude. So he, he uh, I think that's comic canon, yeah. Comic in the comics, yeah. Oh yeah, New Fifty Two. He read up on all the languages and learned them in like a day. Because his brain functions so fast. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. Gotcha. You're Yay. back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> that reminded me of a scene in Entourage. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he's like, everything sucks and I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, technology. That's fun. Oh, technology. <laughs> like the antithesis of Superman right there. <laughs> <laughs> It's the dark side of Superman. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think yeah. the, the last question I had for everybody was, do you have any future plans to cosplay a character, make a prop, do something in that manner from Man of Steel specifically? And I think, Andrew, you brought up earlier that you have the Man of Steel suit coming. So you want to talk about the genesis of that and how that decision was made? Yeah, so obviously, yep, so Man of Steel coming. So at the moment, in terms of the Cavill-verse, the Snyder-verse, I've got the Black Resurrection suit from Replica. I've got the Batman v Superman from Replica. I've got um, the newest one that I have from In Disguise, which is kind of a more of a Shazam-style suit because it's got the red piping. And so I decided, I was like, you know what, I, I really want to do a Man of Steel because I love the... I love the film and I haven't, I haven't done that. So I reached out to this guy, Ben Abel effects who I've seen his trim. Oh, he's good. And he's so like, I've, his stuff is so good. Like um, I'm so excited to get it. And I knew that Napier's was working on a new muscle suit and. Um, uh, yeah, but they're, uh, they're taking a long time. Adam, that one. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what they do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I like I like their muscle suit because it doesn't like because not to sound like a jerk off, but I don't necessarily need a muscle suit. But like the the style of suit that it is, like if you don't have one, it just looks blocky, <clears throat> right? Um, yeah. It looks weird. So the the way that he makes the muscle suit is is it's, it's it's slimmer, it's more you know true to form. It still makes me look more jacked than I am. Obviously, let's be honest here. Um, uh, but it just looks nice. It looks more naturalistic. And so I'm going to go with a version that's because uh, in Man of Steel, his suit is very it's, it's weathered. Uh, I'm going with a non weathered version. So it has a little bit more of that BVS shine to it just because I like that. Um, but it will be Man of Steel style, that round buckle, no Kryptonian script. Um, so I'm very, very excited because Napier is actually one of the very few makers that I have found that actually does a good cape as well, which a lot of makers don't. Uh, not that they're bad. It's just that something's usually missing and it's hard to say whether it's with, whether it's the hemlines, but Napier's does a pretty good one. So yeah, I'm very excited to have that come out of the woodwork sooner rather than later, but probably maybe I'll get it for the, in time for the 20th anniversary. I don't know. <laughs> good things take time. Indeed. Indeed they do. 
Uh, Anthony, any suits on your end or just the black one for right now? Uh, yeah, for now. The, I just moved into this new place, so I got to be careful with the... Everybody knows those suits aren't cheap, so I got to be careful what I spend right now. But, yeah. um, I mean, you got to hook me up. I, your suits are amazing, Andrew. I really... Uh, I think we've talked before about it. But yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to work with some awesome, awesome makers. Um, but yeah, you shoot, you just let me know what you want and I'll, I'll send you to the right person. Yeah, I would like, I would really like to do a man of steel. Um, just kind of go back to where it all began as much as I like BVS. Um, something about that man of steel suit, it, it, the, the trim and the, I mean, it was a little darker than the BVS. I would I would mind doing that one. Hmm. Um, I've always wanted to do Batman as well. That that would be kind of cool, but I know that's you know and yeah, I, I, it's probably a lot more money to do. I mean, you have to get the cowl, the bell, a lot of energy yeah. compared yeah. to Superman. Superman, yeah, it's it's still expensive. You could easily spend three grand on a good suit, but oh yeah, you know. But like you said, maybe I should buy a house. Maybe. Maybe. It's too late for me. It's not too late for you. <laughs> it's too late to go back. Bats, how about you and how about EA Superman? Uh, does, does he have the Man of Steel suit yet or no? So he already has it. Um, I think I told you before, like he, because he bought it secondhand off of a guy who was much, much taller than him. Uh, he has to be at a certain weight class to kind of fit into it, but oh, like, yeah. really good. Uh, we're gonna, it's the young knight props. Uh, one thing I really like that is the the print, like, the fabric is amazing. The only thing that, that I'm not a fan of is the flex design muscle suit. I'm trying to convince him to go with either like what Andrew's doing, Napier's, or somebody else, maybe Hurley effects, or even superhero concepts. The thing. Funny enough that uh, Andrew was talking about like how muscle suits can make you look oversized. I was talking to one of the stunt coordinators who worked on Man of Steel in Toronto. Cavill was only about 180 pounds for most of that movie while they were filming. He was bigger in BVS, so like that muscle suit is not that big either. So like you were talking about like how it makes you look way bigger. I think the muscle suit itself is naturally a slimmer piece. So mm -hmm. just having something that accentuates what you have is always a lot better than just something. Versus Affleck's, which is like hulking mass, yeah. even on hulking mass, right? So I know uh, me and EA Superman are trying to figure out what to do with that. So yeah, he's got uh, Man of Steel on the way there. So nice. that's happening. Hopefully, he would like to have it for our next local con, which is in September. Be ready for that. And then uh, pair it up with my BBS suit, the cowl that I'm wearing too. I know I definitely want to at least get some kryptonite props or even the one of the guns just because like Affleck has it in the Snyder Cut as a testing gun too. So I kind of want to have one for myself. Uh, and I'd like I to make... Imposter Cosplay uh, has the um, grenade launcher. Oh, the grenade launcher file, so he might be open for a commission for that. The hard part is Canada is really strict with like importing prop guns and all that stuff these days. Fair so I'm like I, mean, I, I, I just make one out of foam and I'm like eh, it looks like shit but it'll work for now. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah it's cheerleader effect when you put it all together with like the suits and then pe- multiple people it just looks okay <laughs> but uh yeah for me and for him that's kind of like what we're working towards and i think he wanted to do the black adam version of the man of steel suit because he did colors but we'll see it was definitely i like i i can confirm it was the same suit it was not a different suit oh they didn't re it's not a recolored version or something like that no oh damn it man of steel suit oh because he 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 wanted to wear that specifically didn't he because that's where it all started and you're sentimental about it which is fair um i think i think it was probably just a uh, camera filter thing that made it look a little bit more, yeah, uh, not saturated, but a little bit more kind of the yellows was more golden almost. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that was the same suit. Yeah, editing was not great on that. No, best part of the movie though. Yeah, that's what got. That's the old movie. Yeah, keep it at that. We don't need to go into that. <laughs> I know you have the two Feora suits. Is that where it stands? And can you show them to us a little bit? Can you show us some pieces? Oh, sure. <laughs> I've been sitting here, kind of. Um, I don't have everything from um, her suit that's on Earth. Um, but try to get this in the frame a little bit. Um, so this was all entirely out of film. Um, so that's the breastplate. Um, and then this is part of her belt, which is also entirely out of film and using a wood burner to like etch in the details and everything. Um, this is like some of her uh, smaller pieces. So this is one of the um, gauntlets, which is one of my favorite pieces. I just love how asymmetrical and jagged and just like, I don't know, otherworldly the design is. I just think it's really cool. Um, This piece actually wraps around your elbow. So this was kind of fun to make. Again, very jagged. Uh, None of the pieces match each other. So every piece has its own details. Like, literally, like, her pieces that go up and down the arms, the belt, no two sides of the breastplate are symmetrical. Um, uh, Yeah, it's just amazing. Um, This prop blaster thing, this massive thing, this is also entirely out of film. Um, This is actually based off of the concept art, the original concept art, which which has her... Um, with some kind of blaster. And I really love how they took um, the original concept art and made two suits out of it because you can see some of the elements in both suits from the original concept art, which is really cool. Um, And then this is the breastplate for um, the beginning of the movie uh, with the emblem. Again, this is um, entirely out of film as well. Um, so the the neck the neck pieces that go like around the back of their neck for some reason was like super tricky to figure out <laughs> because 
I wanted to have enough room to be able to have like a range of motion. So I actually made it a bit wider than it probably would be screen accurate. But again, I wanted more range of motion and I wanted to be able to wear the helmet and everything and fit and fit all of that comfortably um, and practically. So yeah, in terms of doing anything else for Man of Steel, um, I mean, I, I kind of always wanted to do some kind of maybe, you know, custom gender bent Supergirl. Like, like what would Supergirl look like from Zack Snyder's universe? Um, I think the design for um, Supergirl and the Flash is fantastic. Um, I think I would want something kind of different. I don't know yet, um, but I would love to be able to do that one day. Um, I'm thinking, yeah. And, uh, if someone were to want to seriously do Zod, I would definitely be open to making that for someone so that I could have a Zod and Fiora <laughs> duo. <laughs> that would be the dream. <laughs> I do know someone who's very, very into heavy armor, uh, cosplays who stated within my eyesight that uh he wants to do zod so i will i will get you in touch with him yeah <laughs> yeah make that happen. villains are villains are fun to do as well but kind of like what we were saying it i don't see them as like just one-dimensional villains um I, I don't see them that way but it is kind of fun to uh, tap into that kind of character for sure. Since I mostly do superhero characters, that that was really fun to tap into. And Zob is all CG. Yeah, his, his yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Fiora's suit was completely it, it's it was totally made, which is just insane to me. So um, I still have to finish um, uh, puff painting the chainmail detailing on the base suit underneath so i still have some details to finish with that um but all like the armor pieces are done so i i'm hoping i can bring her to to san diego comic-con uh if i can fit everything <laughs> <laughs> somehow in a suitcase and not destroy it <laughs> oh, oh boy that's why i cannot travel to cons all of my costumes are too delicate yeah really hard it's honestly really really hard <sighs> the struggle <laughs> Never. man those suits are absolutely insane i'm so curious what the actual fair suit was made of like if it's anything like um so um i had the incredible honor of speaking to um it, it it was um someone i think it was an assistant costume uh someone who who reported directly um to michael and just she was on the main part of the team i don't remember if she worked on man of steel specifically but she definitely worked on um justice league um and everything so she did talk to us a little bit about uh, specifically Mara's suit and everything. So I think it is some kind of, um, it's definitely something that's casted. 
Um, uh, yeah, I. Maybe you're thinking over. It's, yeah, yeah. I want to say it's. It looks to me like that's what it is. Um, but I don't. I don't know specifically for that, especially her look in the beginning of the movie. Um, I'm very curious to see how they what materials they used to make that um, because it just looks amazing. Um, I've never seen anything like that before I in a superhero it. film. Especially because they all have their house crests on the outside of the armor. Yes. You see Feyre, yes. House Ul, you see House Zod. It, it's just so cool. Such a great design. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite pieces to make was the emblem. Um, so I used a Dremel to like really get those curves in there. That was probably my, my favorite part um, to make and just trying to make it look as casted as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I'll never stop talking about the costume design for the film because it's just... I don't know if I've seen anything like it ever. Yeah. I just, it's, I don't know. Oh, so, it's so amazing. Like I, I I'm even going to go get the um, box for one of the statues. I have really fast before we wrap things up just because it's got Jarrell's armor on it. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That costume. Uh, that costume is something else. Like, look at this. I know it's insane. And what's crazy is the amount of screen time it actually gets is like kind of criminal, but it still is just amazing. That's awesome. Kelsey, you have the craziest collection too. You got to show off your collection. I've yeah. never seen, I didn't even know they made that much merchandise. We're <laughs> <laughs> close to the full scope of has been made for these films. So yeah, I I will I will show it off one day. But yeah, this is this is a sampling of I I could I could bring Zod's over too. Well, we can look at Zod's uh, Earth armor. I do not have the Krypton armor, unfortunately. Kels, we need cribs tour. Yeah, TV. This is my crib. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> She's got the coolest crib. All right, here is Zod's. Earth armor. Nice. Yeah, I, I just don't think the movie would have been what it was without the costume design being like really something. And usually I'm pretty harsh on CGI suits, but that for its time was still incredible. The fact that he stood right next to Feora on the Kent farm and you could not tell the difference between those two suits, whether one was practical and one wasn't. Yeah. Blew my, yeah. Mind. Blew my mind. Yeah. And yep. it, it hasn't aged a day. It looks as good as it did in 2013. Yeah. You gotta love too that the, the, the design for Michael Shannon's Zod that kind of leapt over into the comics a little bit too. New 52, he started getting more of that armored, spikier look. You know, like, I wonder where they got from. But you know, 
but it's perfect because mm-hmm. they're more than it, just- it's amazing and it's still like top notch and there's movies that are coming out today that can't even get that kind of quality still mm. and that's yeah looking at zod the footage that's been shown so far of zod and the flash i'm like why does 2013 look better than 2023 i'm not trying to dog on the cgi i'm not trying to dog on the artist but obviously like someone dropped the ball in terms of like (laughs) giving them the you know resources and every you know the time and everything that was needed to be able to you know uh, i don't know that's a whole Mm. other topic yeah (laughs) (laughs) bats are you saying something I think his mic Mike is muted. Who's? Oh. No, I don't think so. Oh <laughs> no, we lost Andrew again. He's oh no, <laughs> it's, it's not no. the um. <laughs> his phone keeps sending him to the Phantom Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like like you were saying earlier, like with the um, the, you know, needing a muscle suit. Like it's not just to get that size like you can't you, you can work out as much as you want but muscles don't typically like shine through mm-hmm. a suit you know <laughs> like chrome chrome shining through a blue suit like you need that definition like there's there's like veins that go through down his bicep in muscle suit it just beautifully done I love it's, it's really uh, especially uh, Man of Steel isn't technically a muscle suit. It's it's like this um, bodysuit that is then accentuated in certain parts, like the thighs, the calves, the biceps, the chest, with muscle like uh, hard muscle patterning. That's, it's kind of like what they what did with the return suit, suit just for Cavill's body rather than Ralph's yeah. body. Yeah. 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 I mean, the return so, suit has no, the cool. All the muscles, it's just certain ones that need to be accentuated for the visual in the film to work in the way they want it to work. So, yeah. All right. There's the muscle suits that I I have don't actually have abs. Those are all mine. (laughs) (laughs) Are y'all pro trunks or anti trunks? Oh, dude. Uh, Don't ask that question. That's so far. I was pro. Until I saw Man of Steel. I was very pro. I was like, what? They can't take his chunks away. And then I saw Although Man of Steel. Jay's comic art, he does some awesome like concepts of the Cavill suit with, with trunks. And I think it looks freaking great. Um, it, it looks... I've seen some versions with the trunks. It wasn't designed to have trunks. So... Yeah, it just the, depends on the suit, I think. Yeah. The, trim, the trim that goes on the sides doesn't really match the trunks. The belt doesn't... It's not like the... The belt with the loops, it just doesn't. It, it gets way too busy. It's it too busy. Really... Like, I, I, I'm i all in favor of maybe adding some red if they really want to. So, and some, but like, yeah. full oh, on yeah. underwear. Like, uh, Andrew's current suit, actually. The red piping. Which is actually, yeah, like funny enough, when I, when I chose to get that suit made, it wasn't because of Shazam. It was because I wanted to pay homage to the to the red trunks. And only later did I realize, oh, that's the Shazam suit. Son of you a gun. You did a good job. Like, <laughs> you didn't just put a, you didn't just throw underwear on top of it. You did yeah. a really good job adding red into that. That you, was great. You have, to, you have to follow Michael's example, and you have to be thoughtful about what you're doing design-wise. 
you have to be conscientious of the entire world that you're trying to make it fit into and the entire concept of the visual that you're trying to get across. Okay. So. Well, I think we've just about covered everything unless anyone else has any exciting little uh, tidbits or toys or statues or props to share. Not in my car. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, toys. Everything's kind of in Toys, anything? Um, I got a cool statue. It's not has nothing to do with Man of Steel, but it is like a Superman thing that can show. Sure. I was working in a finance department for a while, and my I just left to got a new job and my boss really loved me a lot i was, I was just temping over there and she made me this statue <laughs> oh that's <laughs> cool this ap superman on it and yeah a little superman statue it has nothing to do with man that's of steel cool. so i just really like it could have something to do with man of steel you never know you yeah. never know that's awesome <laughs> but it does though i mean i think it you know there's certain characters that are just they they're forever, you know, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, anyone can wear the mask, anyone can wear the suit, you know, it's an idea, it's an idea, it's an ideal to strive for. And we're, we're all living examples of that. Literally. Yeah. We're all sitting here. We all wear the suit. Bats mm -hmm. wears the suit. Andrew, Anthony, Morgan, and I all wear the super suit. So yeah well you said you did like uh christopher reeve i, I have a an album of, of superman oh, is, that, it's is so, that the record that's cool the record. I dude i have cool. that i have, have that too that's I awesome it sounded like a flea market or something yeah that's fun cool. wow <laughs> vintage 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 yeah i should probably invest <laughs> Super random side note, but I know we kind of touched a little bit on the music, but I still feel like that's also very much integral to Man of Steel. Um, Hans Zimmer is my favorite person ever, 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 ever. Um, <laughs> I actually, when I was younger, I wanted to be a film scorer. I studied music and like his, his music for Man of Steel is just timeless. Um, he filmed, he's currently on tour right now, but they did film, um, I forgot what year it was, but, you know, he's been doing his live touring and he's been playing, uh, doing live all of his uh, music that he scored for all the different films that he's done. Um, and they do have Man of Steel as part of the live concert. And it's just, it's just incredible. If you can find it, it's on YouTube. Just look up Hans Zimmer live in Prague, Man of Steel. And it's just, it's amazing. Where, where is he touring? Right now, he just tours in Europe. So, oh. like, yeah. I know. I keep, like, commenting on, like, literally everything. Being like, come to the States. Come to America. <laughs> come to America. Oh, my God. Like, I well, have, have to um, see this. They have a cool thing. I don't know if they have it in the States because I don't remember ever seeing it, but uh, they'll at the big like concert halls here. They'll actually uh, play the movie and they'll have the live orchestra. Yeah, doing yeah. The, uh, you saw uh, Star Wars like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah like I, Harry Potter. They did, just, yeah, they're doing Harry Potter and Star Wars now. They did Hans Zimmer and Man of Steel. Obviously, he wasn't there, wow. uh, but a couple of years ago, and I just I missed out, and I was like, no, uh, I hate my life. <laughs> I haven't so, seen them. I haven't seen that pop up in the states um, specifically. If, if it does, I absolutely will try to go because yeah, it's just. Where are you at? Where are you located? Me, I'm currently in New Orleans. Oh, okay. Jealous, love New Orleans. Yeah, you got good music out there. <laughs> Not that kind of music. Not <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that matters. Uh, different, different kinds of music. Um, but yeah, right now he's like, I don't know, London, Prague, Paris, yeah. all that stuff. You come stateside. I am, I am buying tickets immediately. Immediately. Yep. I don't care how much they are. Yeah. I'm going to. Immediately. Yeah. Let's all meet up. <laughs> yes. That's a lot of zipper concert. Andrew, you're from, so you're in Australia, but you don't have an accent. So you, would you move out there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from New Jersey. So I, I moved out here about um, 2009. So what's that? 14 years ago. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm originally, yeah. originally from Staten Island. So not too far. From, uh, not too far. It's a hop, yeah. skip, and a jump. Yeah, right across the pond. Nobody said that expression in about 25 years, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun. This was awesome. It was I so know. great seeing everybody. It was so great getting together and celebrating this amazing film. Totally. Talking about all of our different styles of love and everything, appreciation for it. Seeing everyone's costumes, that was so exciting. Morgan, I cannot get over how amazing your fairs are. Just amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it meant a lot to me to make it a reality. Um, so it's kind of a full circle moment for me. <laughs> oh, a full circle moment this year. In many ways, full circle. Yeah, but anytime, I, it's definitely you know just all the amazing Superman cosplayers, just everything. I would love to be able to you know get together with any of you guys um, in person and you know shoot together and just you know. Yeah, I've never been to San yeah. Comic Con. That would be that would be kind of fun to take a trip down there. It's only only a few hours from here. And where are you again? Uh, I'm well. I'm near LA now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Los Angeles delegates. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, if we all meet up in LA, I, I'm sure me and uh, EA Superman will come back to Cal Cali again. We try to every couple of years. So. Yeah, I miss LA. I gotta yeah. Go. <laughs> we'll Just fly across the Pacific. What no was deals. it? I managed to get Morgan and Susie Creates cosplays and my other friend down to San Diego. So I'll see if I can swing even more people next year. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> or WonderCon. I would love to go to WonderCon. WonderCon's awesome. WonderCon is amazing. Amazing. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, that's the goal. Nice. All right, guys. I got a question for Andrew real quick. Yeah. How Wear the suit in Australian weather. Sorry, how hard, how hot is it to wear a Superman suit in Australian weather? Uh, it's just uh, we've 
we've been pretty lucky lately. The last couple cons and shoots that I've done, pretty lucky. But every now and then it gets up to above 100 degrees, 110. And it's just like, well, this was a big mistake. My whole <laughs> life is a mistake. Superman I was a mistake. Terrible mistake. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, it's not great. So I try if it, to, to, uh, to the point where if I've scheduled a shoot with a photographer or something and it's going to be above x amount of degrees i'll try to reschedule just because nobody likes a sweaty superman <laughs> and those suits yeah. are so hard to clean so i'm just yep. like not all about sweating too much in them <laughs> i know i know people that kind of like stuff ice packs and stuff but like mm -hmm. if it's you know a really intricate you know don't want to risk any kind of damage to the suit that can't yeah. always work either generally like a spot clean after a con with like an alcohol wipe uh, yeah. spray but yeah if it's going to be too sweaty i'll just i'll either postpone or if it's at a con i'll just clark kent it or something <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh WonderCon is amazing it's early in the year it is not hot when it happens so it is fantastic even for bat suits so it's nice. June. I mean, it's June over here, and it's still in the 60s. Yeah, dang. We've been hitting 86 here in Canada for like the past three weeks. I don't know why we're warmer than California right now. But yeah, we're getting freak, <laughs> freak weather out here. I like it. Uh, I'm not complaining. Well, we have June gloom, so it's not that surprising. But sure. yeah, we're just like super humid and thick. So even if it's not hot. You could just be standing yeah. outside and you're just moist. Yeah. Um, so I'll say that again. You're, <laughs> you're just extremely limited. Um, and it's like, why do we do this to ourselves? But it's worth it because you look amazing. You feel amazing. It's not practical at all. But you know what? We're out here. Rush. It's all about the rush. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, probably time to wrap it up here. It's been lovely chatting with you, amazing folks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, Beneath the Cowl, for the chance to host this celebration. This has been awesome. And uh, we will be back for BVS in three years. Oh, snap. I'll be there. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye. Thank everyone. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.